Welcome back, everybody, to the Triangle Anime and Manga Review Podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today, a man who wants to watch Dune way too bad. It's Ozzy. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Um, I actually, I'm not as hype on Dune as everyone else, but I do want to watch it just because it does look interesting, and um, I like movies, and this is a movie movie, like, not just a story. This is a movie that's meant to be seen in theaters, and I love when you get to experience that. And also, I just thought, every week, or every time we have this, our episodes, you're like, here with me today. I feel like it, like, I'm always here. All right. Until next week, and then we replace Damn. you. Damn. Okay. No. But no. He's just waiting for me not to show up. That's why. He's the just critique. like, oh, this. He's just like, man, hopefully this is the last episode that Ozzy's on. If he could die, like, on his way home, that would be great. Well, no, it just helps me keep track of my own senility. Because one day I'm going to be like, here with me today is Ozzy. And it's just going to be quiet because you're not there and I've just gone crazy. You know? Oh, That's the kind of you're try- it's, it's kind of like your totem and you're trying to spin it just to yeah. make sure you're still just to in make sure reality. I'm still in reality. Oh, yeah, okay. Man. That makes sense. Kind of sad. But, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I brought up Dune, not really because you're interested in watching it, although you are, um, or I'm interested in watching it. But yeah, I think um, we're talking about adaptations today, kind of in a way. And I think Dune is one of the more recent uh, book adaptations that has been troubled in the past, to say the least. I mean, they've tried to make it into three or four different movie renditions and it just doesn't quite work whenever they pu- try to pull it off but yeah no, I mean I'm excited to see uh, I've heard good things about it I love um, you know that specific genre of like sci-fi like that's good I mean we kind of grew up with having that genre blow up and um, it'll be interesting to see as you know that becomes more of a thing and you know adaptations becoming more and more popular um, it's cool to see how well they become, how well they, they end up becoming. Right. And, I mean, obviously this week we're going to be talking a little bit more about anime adaptations in a kind of a sense. But I think uh, that is one of the things that you've seen more recently as we get into it is that as nerd culture has kind of become more widely accepted or I guess more... Let's say um, economically driven, I guess. More well, money. I think a little bit of both. I think it's fair to say what you said. More accepted. Uh, accepted. Accepted. And accepted. also they make money to buy stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, this does not act like the driving force for most things is money. Yeah. So You don't think Disney revived all the Star the, Wars movies? Yeah. Or to, the Marvel movies. Do you really think they actually had a good idea of what they were doing with the last trilogy? No, no. they just wanted money. They they made and they made that money. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But yeah, no, we're uh, we're getting into the topic of uh anime and pop culture. That's our episode uh this week this this episode, I guess. And uh yeah, it's definitely something that I think our generation because we are millennials we have been um, alive or really active in the media for the boom of anime, I think, because wow. we grew up in the years where it was starting to gain traction, and now we're in the years where it's just as popular as anything else. I mean, I didn't even notice you're wearing the Powerline t-shirt from a Goofy movie. Oh Absolutely. I thought you were, oh man, damn. You just Some like, people don't styling. catch the reference. You're just styling on me. Damn. Some people don't even catch the reference sometimes. I've worn it and no one said anything. And it's like, you obviously have not watched the Goofy movie. Talk, because about the me. climax of the movie is him going to the, to the concert and getting yeah. to sing with uh, Power, Power, Power Line. Line and, yeah, so. yeah. 
No, Taco Bell. It even Bell. has like the whole like tour. Tour site? Uh, yeah. Oh my uh, lord. They didn't play around with this shirt. It's cool. I'm t- talking about fucking pop culture there. No, I mean, I think I think when you get into it, I mean, it's, it's interesting uh, how much people are willing to invest in this and how much they're willing to kind of dedicate their time. Uh, obviously, we grew up with anime, and now as things have gotten bigger, I think definitely a lot of movie studios want to kind of bring that to the more recent, you know, ideas and more parents want to raise their kids being like, hey, check this cool thing out. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so, well, That's just the movie aspect of it. I think even outside of it, like you start seeing more references, more, like you said, it being accepted in normal culture, not just movie culture, like even in just... Like well, I guess this is movie culture, but like celebrities and actors and even like musicians are becoming more and more accepting of, um, not, I guess more. Well, they've always accepted it, but they're becoming more. Uh, what's it called? Uh, more prevalent within yeah. the culture. Well, and even like like I was saying, like where your parents are trying to teach you about it. Like I literally, the week coming up to this, I've been super busy. But one of the posts I saw on Reddit <laughs> earlier this week was. My dad is trying. My dad is trying super hard to get me into anime, and I'm not into it. And I'm just like, wow, that's kind of what we're. Wow, talking your dad's about. cool. You're yeah, a fucking your loser. Dad, your dad grew up with anime, and now he wants you to experience that. But you know, it just depends. Like, no, we're not. We're not at that stage. We're still enjoying anime through our eyes, and don't want. We don't. I mean, I don't have kids, so I'll, I'll never have kids. So I'm not gonna make them watch anime, but. Nowadays, I do find that like more of my family and more of my friends are into anime, and I've come across more people that are like, "Oh yeah, I used to watch this anime," yeah. and like they're like, "Oh, like do you have any that you suggest?" And of course, I start spitfiring this that, and um, so it's definitely become something that I've seen grow in my lifetime, not just like within my friend group, but outside of that, because like I'll. I've seen I've grown to have so many friends just in my own workplace like yeah. and I that's something I never thought anime would do because when I was growing up and I talked to my other friends and people who all seem to be my age were in our early 30s late 20s and a lot of them were kind of shut-ins when it came to anime I think we were when we were growing up it was like oh that's cool but you know, we don't really talk to other people about it. It's just kind of like we enjoy it. We might have a friend or two that are like, hey, did you watch this last night? And like, yeah, it's cool. But it wasn't accepted as much as, you know, if you watched, I don't know, like Dawson's Creek or I guess, you know, like something. a drama. I'm not, I'm yeah, not really uh, sure what to relate it to. Uh, um, what's it? Saved by the Bell? Yeah, maybe something, something like that. Something like, like that. I don't, I don't know what to relate it to, but it's just like – yeah, we were, it wasn't a hot topic the next day between a lot of people. I may have, like, one friend who related to it. But it was more like, oh, this is something that I'm enjoying and I kind of keep to myself. But no. And, I mean, I guess I keep coming back to movies because the one thing – it's the genre that I can kind of compare it to where there was a period where it, movies were not as accessible to everybody or they just didn't interest everybody. And then there were a period of, you know – kids who kind of grew up with their parents and the parents were like well let me show you this cool movie and this is why you should get into this but and now anime has kind of become like that kid cool thing i miss comic books are very similar yeah sports in a way is similar well, i think it's yeah i think it's, it's fair to go to the movie aspect because that's the money maker right at the end of the day like an anime only makes so much money but once you start getting into big picture 
um, you're you're starting to break boundaries. I mean, you're starting to break records, box office, and yeah. that's where it gets more worldwide views. Yeah. And I mean, even something as small as like a, a regular like movie or like a My Hero movie, you know, can blow up. I mean, we saw it with um, uh, Demon Slayer, like that movie blowing up and probably being one of the most profitable anime movies of all time. So things like that, you that that does show movies that's to the, show that it's it's like popping off. Well, and it's also the most easily quantifiable. You can, right, exactly. Because we can say like how many units something sold, but how much money does that actually make? Whereas Correct. you can just be like, oh yeah, the box office they pulled in this much money. It's like a lot easier to just look at that and be like, oh yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, of money. And, it, and we'll get into like the, I guess how that can be a reason why adaptations aren't as successful um, because of you know numbers and you know how movies differ from series and things like that so that is but, something uh we'll we'll get into but to start us off let's talk a little bit i mean we've talked about our experience in the past so i guess this is more like a recap of what yeah we viewed anime to be kind of like in the 90s so. yeah it's we've we've covered it before and it's definitely just kind of to get a sense of where we came from because uh, it's it's good to understand where we started because, like I said, I think our generation has seen the most movement in anime. And speaking with a lot of people that were that is in similar age, um, the biggest thing for us was Toonami in the '90s and Dragon Ball Z being pretty much the king of anime. Yeah, and I, it's weird how people kind of turned on Toonami as it went along because I think people were upset with like. I don't think they liked how it was translated or they didn't like what the anime that they were provided was. But at the same time, I mean, that was basically the only outlet that was the to, only avenue we to had. get anime through. Yeah. So, you know, when you see DBZ or Gundam Wing or Zoids or Sailor Moon even, yeah. It's those are like, the big ones for those sure. Those were like things where you kind of got excited just to be like, wow, that, this is something I haven't seen before. Well, I think... I look at Toonami now because Toonami did come back. Uh, Toonami, and another thing that was great for us was Toonami started in the early 90s, maybe maybe early 95 or so. Okay. And it continued all the way to 2008, which for me was pretty much all the way into college. So I that was the only avenue I had, and it continued throughout my life, my early life, uh, childhood. And I think that was big for us who did kind of stay on the train of anime and I put those in quotations because when I was growing up I just saw it as another TV show. Yeah. I didn't think of it as this like whole genre that was, you know, from a different country. I was just like, oh, this is cartoons that are made in a different country. Different and I country, and I yeah. thought like to us, I also watched cartoons growing up, but you know, I watched Animaniacs, I watched, you know, like Looney Tunes, Scooby Doo growing up because those are the things that my parents watched. Like my dad was a big Scooby Doo fan, so I watched Scooby Doo and those were different. I knew they were different, but I didn't know how different, right? Yeah, and I mean, I guess, it, again, we've kind of covered this before, but I guess the key difference is when you're looking at it, you're just like, oh, it's a cartoon. Yeah, you don't realize, like, every cartoon I had watched up to that point had some kind of levity or comedy. These, I mean, and there were some aspects of that in shows like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, but for the most part, they were very serious topics, there was a lot of violence. In anime. In anime. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it definitely allowed us to see it from a different... I think it allowed us to look at more adult content without it being adult. I mean, sure, fighting and, you know, violence is more adult, but, you know, we're allowed to see some of that. And cartoons weren't doing that back in the day. The most violent thing you got was maybe, you know, 
Wiley Coyote getting smashed by a rock. Yeah. But well, when you it, see these fights that happen between, you know, Goku and Frieza or even going into well, Naruto and I, I think back to like even the Saiyan arc where it was just like the first thing even though they censored out the blood but like Nappa cuts off Tien's arm and his arm's just gone. And oh yeah, like, like, oh like, that's whoa. that's not a joke. He yeah, he doesn't grow back in the next panel. Come back, he's just gone. And you're like, whoa. Or like even with Raditz, where they blow a hole in his chest, and you're like, oh, I've never seen that before. Fuck. So, um, but yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I think Toonami allowed us to grow in our ideas of what we wanted to see in cartoons, and then ultimately into anime because. I ultimately got into things like Gundam Wing, and Gundam Wing was a lot more adult than uh, Dragon when he, Ball Z. When he fucking saber beams that fucking airplane, and you're just like, oh, those oh, people are dead. Is, this is serious. <laughs> this is, like, there's are... a lot of terrorism here. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> so again, nuts. a lot of the people our age, definitely Toonami is a good thing to point to. And then I think because of that, I think I kind of, as I was doing some research and like how much anime has grown, and specifically how much you see it uh, being appreciated by celebrities and things. I see that a lot of the big-name celebrities, big-name artists, and big-name like sports stars are really kind of us. Like our age grew up in the same time. They grew up with these cartoons, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and they didn't really think about what it was until they had a chance to get into it, and now they're repping it because that's what they grew up on. I mean, it's no yeah. different than my parents repping Elvis Presley and... Uh, the Rolling Stones because they grew up on it. I mean, we grew up on anime, and that's what it's being more repped now. Yeah, and I mean, I think there are a lot of lessons that transfer to those genres too. I don't know about Hollywood actors, but I mean, like for sports stars, uh, I think we had talked about it in the past where Georgia Tech's Moses Wright was a big fan of uh, Black Clover, which I don't yeah. necessarily rep, but you know. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of, like, stuff about teamwork and, you know, staying strong and motivating each other. And I'm like, I could see how that would translate to a guy who wants to be good at sports, that he, like, wants to support his team and all that. And, like, music stars, like, talking about a lot of them come up in not great situations. And so a lot of anime characters come go through similar circumstances yeah. where they're, they've got to overcome being under, you know, really not great... Circumstances, in fact, being dead a lot of the time seems to be a common theme. Well, yeah, and you're they, right. They, like, they, yeah, so they like, see that growth. They see that connection the same way we see it, but because they get to put it on a platform and talk about it, I like that they're comfortable enough to do that because so many rappers, because I, I do listen to a lot of hip-hop and rap, and there's a lot of rappers who are talking about their refer- their youth, and their youth came, you know, along, excuse me, watching anime. There's so many Dragon Ball Z references, Naruto references, and, you know, they're talking about it in a way that they can they relate to him. Like, hey, you know, I had to struggle and became strong just like Goku. You know, I had to train yeah. just like Goku. I had to, you know, uh, fight and defend in my like, ideals yeah. just like Naruto. Or like, yeah, Naruto where it's like, yeah, my parents weren't there either. I had to deal with that. You know, shoot, that's that's a tough situation so for it's, anybody. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see that. I, like I said, I've seen a lot of hip-hop recently with references to it. And it's, it's cool. As soon as I catch that reference, I'm like, that is so badass. Like, you know, he's talking about... Vegeta, or he's talking about Goku, and in, in very like subtle things, subtle ways. It's n- obviously, you have songs that are pure anime parodies, but they're using them in serious ways, and that's co- it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think it's a combination of things. It's the other part is unlike 
a lot of you know books and stuff which would also be pretty easy to access i mean nowadays because cable is so accessible and because it's a really easy medium to like view and kind of get excited about these are kind of easy tv dramas for kids they're probably the easiest ones to access and kind of read about nowadays especially with i think libraries have started carrying manga as well so yeah, yeah i mean it, you know it's a lot easier for a kid to pick up a picture book and follow along and see what's going on than it is for them to try and read like a 200 page novel and be like oh yeah i relate yeah. to that it's yeah. definitely more um uh, digestible for our generation and i think that's and i think that's always been true with like comic books i mean it's no different anime and comic books are in the same vein and i think our generation is getting back to being able to uh, digest that over reading a book like you said and yeah i think it's as long as digital is still there which it has become more digital then i think it could still be uh digested and i mean to be honest we're kind of rambling through this section but be be honest with me like uh did you ever go through um in high school we had a teacher who actually started teaching us through graphic novels like a literature teacher yeah, and apparently this is a more common thing that people are teaching them through like mangas and graphic novels. It's like, did you ever have any experience with that? No, yeah. and that's why I was saying like the world of anime and manga and all that was was pretty much not a thing in my in my life growing up. Like, it was not accepted in in any way as literature. It wasn't accepted in any way as media that was um, popular. Um, so no, I mean it, it is interesting to see how it's grown and how it's more accepted and being used, like you said. But I I did not have any of that. Yeah, because I just think I mean getting back again, we're kind of rambling here, but I, getting back to how accessible it is for kids nowadays, it's a lot. I mean, manga was something that helped my sister learn how to read. I mean, I'm not sure how she would feel about me saying that. Leslie, don't nice. listen. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a lot easier for a kid when it's like. I suck at, you know, reading a long novel to sit them down and be like, okay, well, read this 20-page chapter with a bunch of pictures. And it's like, yeah, you can pick that up pretty quickly. So I think the key point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of stuff that works in anime's favor for, like, people learning about it. And for the generation that we grew up in where it was a much more digitally acceptable age. And as things kind of expanded... Um, our avenues expanded and our interests grew and that's made it a lot better for you know all the people who are in higher places now not just the people in higher places but the just fans in general to not only enjoy diverse anime but to also interconnect and kind of talk about what they like about every anime which, yeah. is, which is what we're doing yeah yeah that's that's the point of this podcast and uh... <laughs> so so i i just kind of i i think that you know I think this was just an ideal time for anime to kind of come up in a lot of ways. But anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, and now we're starting to see it in, I guess, more media that it's now that like people have had a chance to talk about it and grow up with it and kind of raise their own kids around that kind of stuff or teach that kind of stuff. We're dealing with, you know, different references and different like movies and stuff. I mean... Yeah, no, we God. see it as... as as like we said, as it becomes more popular and more accepted, we're starting to see more adaptations. We're starting to see more, um, I guess, more uh, like streaming ability. And this is something that I talked to my, with my friends: is they saw anime boom as soon as streaming became a thing. And I think that's fair for anything else. But in a world where 
um, you know, U.S. media is easy to find because you can go to theaters, you can, you know, buy it, you can rent it. When it comes to anime, the only way that we could actually have that boom was for streaming services to provide it because otherwise we would just have people just making their own dubs and just kind of distributing it illegally, which is fine. And I, I can say that I partook in that. You know, I, I have watched many illegal, you know, fan subs and fan, fan dubs, but it didn't actually boom until they actually bought up the rights and things like Crunchyroll, Funimation, and even like Netflix and Hulu started putting it out there knowing that there was an audience. Um, and a lot of my friends said the same thing. Like, as soon as I was able to watch different animes, like, because I was rooted in Toonami and DBZ and Pokemon, I had interests that I could continue to dive into. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think the distribution really changed everything. And also part of that is also the, uh, you know, it, it opened up people to kind of being more aware, not only right. of it, you know, because I think there was a period where it was kind of like a niche and background stuff where you'd have to hunt for it down. And now that everybody has access, they can just go and be like, oh, what's this thing that everybody's talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, so let's get down into it. I mean... We're just talk. I think more recently we've gone to a few movies and we've seen some references. But I mean, if you want to talk about all the things that have been influenced by anime, I mean, you can see the art style in Western cartoons. I mean, with uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, yeah, that was a which big is one. Arguably a better anime than most Eastern anime. So yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's 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 a big one. I mean, you have here on a, a couple like. One of the biggest like references that you see in maybe in in, in any kind of uh, media is the the accurate the Akira slide, like, that's huge. So um, Akira has been a cult classic, cult following um, that they have failed to adapt for years. Well, that's fair. I don't think they should adapt, and we'll get into that. Um, and I mean, even f like across all medias, you know, whether that's even music to other movies. You know, then the classic motorcycle slide with the rider on it and just kind of the camera like turning with the motorcycle like that was something that you see in so many movies. And that's all kind of like an homage or uh, homage or a reference to uh, Akira, the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, you can talk about this <laughs> if you really want to get into every single hip hop reference to uh <laughs> Goku, gosh, there is a there's a lot. Um, People love Goku. I don't. And that's know. fair. Like we said, we grew up with him. He is an identifiable character, and uh, even like his his moves, like the Kamehameha we saw in our recent movie, the uh, Shang Chi, Shang -Chi and, the Ten, and Rings. the Ten Rings. Like that was a great movie. Go watch. It's cool. Um, obviously, it is. It does. Um, it does have like an Eastern feel to it, but they did have a small reference to it, which was funny, and we caught it, and it was nice to see that, you know, throwback to uh, what probably they grew up on. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to talk about other ones, I mean, obviously Squid Games is pretty well based off of the, uh, I guess, Death Games, Battle Royale style kind of things. The Hunger Games is also kind of based off that. Uh, I think everybody points back to Battle Royale. I think Death Games, where a bunch of people are fighting for their life with a big prize on the line, has kind of been done for a long time now. But I will say that I I think the the anime style or the Japan style kind of kind of like with Isekai, they perfected it for lack of a better term, where it's like, no, we're just going to do this, this, and this every single story, and. Uh, 
that's kind of what you've seen. You've seen kind of like Fortnite where a bunch of guys get dropped on an island and you're like, fight to the death. Good luck with that. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the a, 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 just a small touch on how it's so popular that you're seeing it in major movies in major ways yeah. that's not necessarily anime. It's like this is American movies, American culture, but you know we dabble with a few references because it's cool to us or it, it influences us. And yeah, I mean, that's like, kind of the bright side of it. Um, unfortunately, I will say that anime itself and specifically the media with movies or you know some other uh, like anime adaptations didn't necessarily have the most glorified like start because like, when I started doing some research, it really I will say that uh, the anime quote unquote was not easily uh, as accepted before we were born, I guess in the early 80s and the 80s itself and even I guess the 70s um, because, I found a lot of like references to whenever we did have animes or movies specifically that were brought over from Japan, they weren't as well treated, they weren't as well uh, received because I think America did not see it as a – did not respect it as an art. Well, and I, I think there are different reasons for that. Um, I mean – and you can – and we're kind of going to get into it more as we go along. But I mean I think a good idea would be kind of if you look at say the Matrix versus kind of the idea – the story that kind of inspired it with Ghost in the Shell where Ghost in the Shell was a very cult classic kind of movie when it first came out. But it did not do well in America because it's a very complicated story and it's hard to wrap your head around that. And when The Matrix came out, it did – it was kind of similar in the ideas, but I think it did a better job of simplifying the narrative. Whereas with Ghost in the Shell, it's it remains very complex and kind of uh, out there. Whereas with Matrix, it's still out there, but they kind of narrow it down to like, but let's not make it about all the crazy stuff that's going on. That's still happening, but let's focus on the rescue mission or whatever they've got going on. Because that's really what people want to see. So I do think there is an aspect of like adaptations for Western style. But um, we're going to get into that in a second. Why don't we talk about, before we start going into too many of our subjects at once... Let's try and kind of go down the road. Let's talk about some of the movies that have been adapted directly from anime material. Um, and uh, I guess there have not been very many successful ones, if any successful ones Well, at this all. is also, I guess, continuation of how... I think this all kind of comes from the same vein that sometimes they aren't as respecting of the original art, they're respectful of the original art, and they can kind of get away from it. Because some of the ones that are on here um, are absolute duds. I mean, you got DBZ Evolution on there. That might be one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. So DBZ Evolution is a clear case of a production company does not understand the material they are given. Or respect it. I feel like you were, it. it's not hard to understand Dragon Ball Z. I'm sorry. Or Dragon Ball. Like the whole th – that whole basis of that story is not hard to understand. They just did not respect it and did not put the time and effort in it. And I think that's what plagues American culture when it comes to media is we have to make the most money possible. And yeah. that's what they went for. And it did not go well. No, I mean, they kind of – if you look at it, it's interesting because it has a lot of the same core tenets. It's got like 
you know, martial arts. It's got the guy getting trained. It's got energy blasts and all that yep, stuff. Yep, it's got energy struggles. It's, it's got Piccolo. But, but if you look at the actual story, like, nothing resembling DBZ at all, you know. So you're just kind of like, okay, this is weird. But anyway, um, I'm not going to talk. If we want to do a whole episode on that, I don't want to have to watch that ever again. No, I, I don't. I don't, I don't either. Um, but yeah, that was one of the. That was uh, definitely poorly respected. Um, Ghost in the Shell. That's kind of another one where I feel like the adaptation was more focused on the action rather than doing a faithful adaptation. Yeah, which is like you said, like the Matrix did more of the action, but they did it well. But I think when you take the actual real life adaptation of the ghost of ghost in the shell like you have to stay true to the narrative that's what drives that story yeah well and i i think they took away because they were so focused on making it an action narrative i think they took away from what makes the characters unique which is kind of like the idea that as you evolve you become less human whereas if you just turn it into an action story it's like oh man here's uh yeah, what was the actress's name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. And she's wearing a sexy bodysuit and she's shooting people. Like, yep, yeah, that's uh, not exactly what people were liking about that. Although I guess some people did. Um, Death Note. I don't even want to get started on Death Note. That was that was some terrible adaptation. You can, you can put in that with um, Death Note. Uh, what's it called? The Full Metal Alchemist uh, adaptation, and there's one other that I watched that was absolutely terrible. Um, what was it? Was it the Korean adaptation you watched, or was it the American adaptation? I'm talking about the American adaptation. Okay, I didn't know there was a Full Metal Alchemist American adaptation. Well, I think it was paired with, uh, uh, I guess, okay. Japan, but. Uh, I'm talking about the American Death Note because that one was terrible. That one was really bad, yeah. And that that one was a case of like they didn't stay true to, to the material with the characters because I thought the biggest atrocity they they did was they made the like the main character, which is that's the whole point. The de- the point of Death Note is not oh cool someone's killing somebody. It was this guy who feels like a god is entitled has this weird sense of justice and is killing people. Yeah. What drove the story was him being strange, and you kind of like relating, like, yeah, these people are terrible, but you're, you know, you're doing it in the wrong yeah, way. You also understand, like, he's doing this to try and fix the world, right? And it's and like, he also believes in that, and he's a genius, so he's like trying to get away with all this stuff and trying to battle, uh, you know, the people that are trying to figure out who he is and how he's doing it, and they just forego that and say, hey, this is a dude who's trying to impress a girl. He's got a book and kill people. Let's go. Yeah. Well, and also like I think they try to turn it on its head where it becomes kind of like a who kills who first more so than like really what death note was about was kind of the mental game yeah instead the movie kind of became who can get a hold of the death note and who can kill the other person the fastest you know and that's just not what that was about battle angel Ilita was the only one on the list that i kind of looked at and i was like it was a decently faithful adaptation. I just don't think it got the notice that I think a lot of the other ones deserved. Because this one was done by the same guy who did Titanic. What's his name? I don't remember. James Cameron? Yeah, he did. He produced it. Really? Yeah. And it's a pretty decent adaptation. I think part of the problem is it's just he tried to adapt too much too quickly because um, it's a long story. And part of it's also that, you know, I don't think that if people knew... They, I don't think people knew how to advertise it, which is another recurring theme. Mm, fair enough. In Especially if America. it's. I mean, no offense. 
I did not know of uh, Battle Angel Alita, so like I feel like if it's not like a super well known, you're already gonna have a hard time like advertising it. Yeah, because I don't think anime movies are on that level of like like comic book movies. Like because of comic books blowing up, superhero movies blowing up. Like you could put out a B list movie of comic book heroes like. The ones that are just coming out now, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Eternals. No one knows who the fuck Eternals are. But people are hyped because it looks good, A. And people know that superhero movies are good and they can be made well. It's tied to Marvel and Marvel's had so much success. That's what I'm saying. Like, you you have this history of all these movies working well. Yeah. And you can do these lower name, uh, people, right? Or, Movies, These characters, and yeah, you. Uh, I don't think we've gotten to that point with anime when you can't even do a Dragon Ball Z movie, right? And yeah, that's that. That is the anime that people want. Like that. That's so, the one that everybody recognizes. Yeah, right. Battle Angel Alita, to be fair, kind of missed its window because it was really big in like the late '80s, and mm-hmm. then he came around and made it like in the 2010s, and you're like, well, people who would have been interested are no longer interested, you know. So it's tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean. And I think there's a myriad of reasons that kind of go into that. Uh, we do also want to talk about the ones that were directly released. So I think the key, the two big studios were Ghibli and, is it Saban? It's not Saban. No, it's Saban. It's not the coach at Alabama. Um, no, not Saban, no. You, uh, got, you got Bama on the mind. But yeah, those are the two that I, I when I when I saw through, when I researched and kind of saw the evolution of movies being distributed or released in America were were the biggest ones, at least in my generation. Um, everyone knows Studio Ghibli, right? I mean, everyone knows that they were brought over because they were seen as the Disney of the East, right? Right. Uh, especially uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Like, yeah. his movies were gorgeous movies that were meant as... They were animated. They were quote unquote anime, and they were meant for kind of a younger, also but also adult. Like anyone could watch them and have a good time, and that's what you could say about Disney. And they were brought over to start, um, and then ultimately they were brought over by Disney, which is kind of a small world. Although I mean, I don't know. Princess Mononoke is pretty like violent. Yeah, (laughs) like shit. That is fair. I'm not saying all his movies are like that. I'm just saying his movies can be appreciated by all ages. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's the cool. Fair. And again, that's the cool thing about anime and the difference between their freedom to do that and the not. I guess the the values we have here that we can't see that. Yeah. And that's one of the major, I think, atrocities that kind of happens whenever it's being brought over. Is they don't like to see those things, right? Americans, yeah. for some reason, you know, if this is cartoons quote unquote I don't want to see somebody murdering somebody someone shooting someone's heads off like yeah and they did have those issues with the movies having those cuts when they were brought over well and it's it's tough you know where you're balancing between like this expectation of like anime wants to be taken seriously as a genre as like an art form more so than like a you know idea cartoons are an idea you know a kid watches a cartoon that's what you get in your head Anime is a genre, kind of like horror movies are a genre. And it's like, anime wants to be taken seriously and separated from that. But when you bring a kid to a movie and you're, and you're like, oh, this is a cartoon, without realizing it's an anime, and something violent happens... Yeah. Yeah, it hurts your expectations and it pisses yeah. you off. And then uh, Saban, which was more like... I think they made more about... Their movies were more... 
like what they already knew to be popular. So right. like Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, DBZ, Digimon. Digimon, and those are big because like yeah. to me like the the Digimon movie was a huge like first like. I fell in love with that movie, and well, that's when I knew that anime was like a worldwide thing because, to me, it did seem like it was a worldwide thing between other people after that movie. Well, and to be fair, I think a lot of people look back and they're like, oh, Studio Ghibli has the better movies. That might be true, but in a lot of ways, Saban had a bigger influence just because they raised the popularity of all the stuff. They were like, we see an actual market for this, and we're going right. to put it out there, and People bought that shit up, you know. Yeah, and I mean, between their, I mean, they they owned DBZ for a while when they were releasing it. It's not the movies, but um, the actual the actual series. Series. And I mean, they they were pushing what would be ultimately the you know like the the I guess the growth of it. Um, so those two studios I saw were major contributors to it. Let's not say that they were perfect at it because, like I said, they sometimes did have well Studio Ghibli is not the American studio. The American studios in question were Miramax and Disney. Um, but, but yeah, I think at your core, what you're kind of pointing out is those two studios helped popularize it in the Western world because, again, Ghibli was the one where it really wanted to be taken seriously as an art form. Their stuff was beautiful. Their stories were realistic. Some were very painful. Some were very action-oriented. But it had something that everybody could enjoy. And right. It was a beautiful art form. And, just, and then what Saban put out there was the schlock, for lack of a better term. The the stuff everybody wanted to watch, you know. Like, and I think, you know, both of those things played a huge influence on what ended up coming out of the world. Yeah, and then we can't, we can't miss the fact that and Studio Ghibli did put out what is the most... I guess loved anime movie in that in Spirit Away when it came out in the early two thousands. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, what was it? Puyo Puyo? What's no? What's it? Poco Poco or po- yeah, Poco Rosso. Poco Rosso. No, no, that was before that. And I mean, it, no, it, the it, one with the girl being a goldfish. What was that? I one? think that is Poco Rosso. Isn't no, that that's the one where the airplane pilots. Appear. Oh, that's right. The Puyo is it Puyo? Something. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I forgot that remember. one. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, Spirit Away was a big. A huge thing for anime because it helped that one really put it on the map because they said like this movie was I think it won an Academy Award it won an Oscar it won an Oscar for, for best animated film which had never been done for anything outside of America it's anything always been outside America, of America America it had never been done for anything outside of Disney at that point that too and honestly <laughs> I mean I think it's probably changed now obviously it's been more uh, more studios but even outside of Disney it was nothing else besides America and Seeing that, I think that definitely helped with the boom, saying, like, hey, it's going to be respected here. Like, it's not just for children. It is a f- art, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a big deal. But, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of tough, again, if – Ozzy, if you want to take it, I mean, we're kind of getting back into the ideas of, like, why some of this stuff has struggled for so long to become popular in, in the West, I guess. Yeah, I, I think uh, – I mean, we're going to go back to, we were just talking about the, the not-so-popular adaptations with DBZ Evolution, uh, Death Note, um, Ghost in the Shell. Like, a lot of it, when it, it comes over here to America, we had touched on it. Like, there seems to be this lack of respect and lack of dedication to the art. Uh, because even if the director and them, like, understand it, I, I know you understand it. I know you understand that... This is the basis of Dragon Ball. This is the basis of the story Ghost in the Shell. This is the basis of Death Note, whatever. But it's just really about how much you 
put into it because it's, there, there's a difference between the anime and the ultimately the manga that it started with, how much time they put into it, how much sweat they put into it, and how much fans like take that story and grow with it that you can't put into movies in the American version. And I think that's the biggest hurdle that they have to get over is that when, and like I said earlier, when it comes to America, if you're going to try to make something that's a movie, it better sell. And that's all they care about. Well, so there's a few things I want to take into consideration. So I actually watched a documentary about uh, video games in the past that kind of made me think of something similar to what we're discussing with the anime topic. And that is that when you try to market something to the West, it's inherently a different uh, audience, or they view it at least as a different audience. Like if you look at say the marketing for Kirby in Japan versus the marketing for Kirby in America, it's very different. Kirby looks happy and upbeat in Japan, whereas over here he's almost always got like an angry, aggressive kind of look on his eye, even though the character is not changing. They want to try, because they want to try and drive home that, yeah, this is a cute little animal, but this is all but about the action. action. action yeah, right, yeah, you want it. That's what they want to sell to you. And that's that's another thing yeah. when when you have to come when you when you have to translate it into what they want here. They cut. They have to cut some meat off the bone. Like they have to say, there's stuff we have to get rid of. And when they do that, they get rid of the narrative most of the time. Nine out of ten times, they say this narrative. You don't need all this narrative. You don't need all this world building. If we have the action, we'll sell. Right. And, I mean, part of this was also, I mean, we've only recently, as we go back into it, we're going back into the whole discussion of technology. We've only recently gotten better at, you know, translations and stuff like that. So in the 90s, there were a lot of times where people would translate anime and it just wouldn't come across. In fact, there's one good anime that they brought across called uh, Ghost Stories where... Like, they couldn't get an official translation of the script, so the people were just kind of, like, making it up as they go along. And there's this whole long YouTube video of them just, like, joke, of the voice actors just making terrible jokes. While oh, they're... yeah, I remember watching yeah. it. I think it's on YouTube or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it is. It's on YouTube. That's and, fine. And that was the version they put out, because that was what they had. They couldn't, like, do well, anything that's a, else. that's another, I mean, we didn't cover it, but that's another kind of, I think, disrespect to anime when it becomes when it comes over and it does try to get dubbed it's just there's just not as much passion involved and because it's not seen in the same light as it is in Japan um, well you definitely you, still see that with Netflix God oh God yes you still see it with Netflix <laughs> with Comey uh, can't communicate like apparently Netflix, Netflix can't, can't communicate, communicate. <laughs> so there you go saw it coming alright but I mean we don't need to touch on that again, but that is something else that I saw through my through the research that I did. Just like how much, like even all the way down to getting voice actors, sometimes is just not appreciated. Obviously, you do find people that become worldly accepted, like with something like Dragon Ball Z, and uh, all their voice actors are loved now because of how much they put into it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen; it's just not. It's just rare. Yeah, well, and I think that's another thing. There's a lot of hurdles that you gotta take into consideration when you get across. And that's why if you don't have a producer or actors who kind of like know what they're getting into, it can be very difficult for like a Western mind to kind of wrap your head around, oh, okay, this whole thing is very out there and it's not an easy thing to, you know, I think a lot of us who have been fans for years, we understand that like 
okay, things are going to be a little weird because that's what anime is. It's a little weird. I mean, it's not that unusual. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't have... And I, I wouldn't say it's weird. I would just say it's not tied to as many values as we see in America. Like, they're just a little bit more liberal with the way they draw things up. Yeah, I I, I Which I guess know. to the majority of people, that would be seem weird. That would seem weird. I guess when I say weird, yeah, I mean it's not as grounded where it's kind of like... You have an expectation about the world you're getting into when you watch right, okay. a That's movie. Right, okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have yeah. more freedom with anime. Yeah, whereas with anime, like, something will come out of left field and you'll just be like, I'm just going to have to accept this because this is anime. Maybe some that's, people don't that, like that. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, there are big-titty ninja girls in this world. Or big-titty... Well, like, I don't understand why people won't appreciate that, though. <laughs> I think... Yeah, no. That, that doesn't make any sense. Big-titty witches in this world. Or big-titty goddesses in this world. They all have big tits, though. That's the important part. Correct. But yeah, no, I mean that part. That part always gets translated correctly. I of, don't co- know. of course, you got to put money into that. <laughs> you got to animate those titties the right way. Um, but anyway. yeah, those are some of the hurdles. I think the biggest ones, uh, definitely, just I think the biggest one that I that I I still can't. I don't think will ever be done correctly unless they take their time and spread it out. Is just time. The way the anime is made, like I said, is just on. It's a week to week basis or month to month basis, and the story develops. You see growth in characters. That's why you see so many people able to, uh, what's it called, to uh, familiarize themselves with uh, Goku, with Naruto, with you know maybe uh, Ichigo, people like that, because they see them evolve over time, and you can't get that in a two hour, three hour movie, like. As much as many montages that you want to put into a movie, you can't get evolution over time in two hours. Well, speaking of, I mean, we do have an upcoming adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, and I was honestly kind of concerned when they announced it that they were still going to go with the movie format, but it turns out that they're, this adaptation that they're doing is kind of going to be more like series formulaic, and I'm interested... So it is episodes? It is going to be episodes. See, that, that's that's... That's, I think, what should have been the first step instead of going to big movies. I think the first step should have been, let's make series about, literally a live action series, maybe make some changes. That's fine. If you want to do some changes, that's fine. But give me time to absorb those changes, to accept those changes. And in a two-hour movie, by halfway through the movie, I might accept it, but you might just butcher the end, and I hate the movie. Like, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. I just think it's, if you don't have the time to put into it the way that it was with anime and manga... You're not going to get it right in a movie. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot to be considered there. I mean, obviously, Korea and Japan have done a better job with their adaptations, frankly, because I think they've been more true to the style, they've been more true to the genre. But I think that they also, in a sense, there's they kind of get it better. Like there are cultural there's cultural implications to these stories that I think they understand on a better level than we do. And I think for them, it's kind of easier to wrap their head around. Kind of like the same thing uh, with Godzilla, where if you look at the original Godzilla, when they brought it over here, we just treated it as a giant monster movie like King Kong, when really, in Japan, it was like an analogy for the fact that the nuclear bombs had gone off and that they had to deal with this giant thing that they couldn't really deal with. And so you lose that cultural implication when you take it from one place to another, and it's just hard to wrap your head around. But because of that, I think the Eastern adaptations 
also being more accessible over here now, it does. They those are better if you want to check those out. But yeah, I think Americans just still struggle from a production standpoint because you, you, like you said, I, I hate to be this guy, but it all comes back to money. So yeah, if you want to get somebody to give you money for your project, you got to sell them not on the fact that like it's an anime and everybody likes it. You got to sell them on the action. And the, yeah, they're not. They're, yeah. Oh, this movie is about how. How, how we're impeding on nature and how we need to fight back. Nah, dude. Where's your action scenes? All right, here are my action yeah. scenes. Well, I mean, like with Ghost in the Shell, yeah, it's like people don't really want to hear about all the like, yeah, it's a sociological implication about how, we, you know, humans integrate no, with technology. Stop, stop. stop. You said sociological. No, yeah, no, no. We want to see. Yeah. Okay, so it's like okay. the Ma- it's like the Matrix. Oh, we're gonna get Scarlett yeah, Johansson. Yeah, she's gonna be half naked. Oh, yeah, right, we're sold. Uh, they're gonna work. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it it really is. It. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I think uh, it sucks, but yeah. But I I really do think like what you were saying with the the uh, um, the new remake of uh, Cowboy Bebop. Like I think that is a better avenue to take, especially with all these streaming services. I think streaming services is a plus for media. I think it allows media to grow. I think it allows outside media to grow as well. In general, even though Netflix seems to be going all over the place. I, I mean, it's fair. I mean, it, it allows for exposure. And I think that, that helps influence culture. That helps influence people younger than us to maybe dive into that. Maybe they want to break boundaries and not necessarily just make another movie on America. Well, at, at the same so I, I guess while we're talking about it, I just want to talk about Netflix for a second. I love Netflix because, as you pointed out, they're bringing a lot of stuff over and they're letting everybody kind of get exposure. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying hard I love Netflix. I love the idea of Netflix. No, I'm not saying you do. My point is, yeah, there's two sides to Netflix. One, they are getting more exposure out there. But on the other side of the thing, they're kind of the embodiment of all this like production stuff we're talking about where they're just like – Okay, we got a bunch of money. Let's throw it at just everything, and that's how you end up with bad anime adaptations. No, you're right. I so, think it's I think it's hit or miss, but at least there are hits, right? Yeah, there are a few. Hits. I'll take with what we used to not have, which was not streaming services doing this. They are, I'll take the growth. They are currently batting better than the Braves in the postseason. Correct. Uh, beggars right. can't be choosers, and right now <laughs> it's not looking good for us beggars. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, no, I think that's an interesting thing, and I'm hoping that. Maybe the Cowboy Bebop adaptation will be successful, and that we'll see more adaptations in the future. Because I mean, frankly, I mean, I would like a good, uh, I would like a good uh, Full Metal Alchemist adaptation. I would like a, another try at the Death Note adaptation. Frankly, if they get Death Note's a great idea. I think it, it could be done very well as a thriller because yeah. I think that is what ultimately that movie, uh, sorry, that anime is about is a thriller suspense plot and with, that is a great with, movie waiting to happen with some heavy moral implications yeah i think that could be a very good story but you know i would like to see some of these series that we really loved get better adaptations because frankly like i don't need to see gundam wing that's probably going to be too complicated to really pull well, off mecca is such a very it's niche so, thing in anime yeah. you make it even more niche Whatever you bring it to. Or I mean, even well, I mean, even like Dragon Ball Z, where it's like, how are you gonna find somebody buff enough to pull off Goku? Just think of that idea, you know? Gotta find somebody. I gotta find somebody to pull off a Frieza look where they look like a buff giant dildo. Um, Classic. uh, But yeah, no, I mean, if you, I just kind of want to see like some of these really big stories that you know we enjoyed growing up as kids, like and. 
I would like to see it to get to the point where they can be properly adapted for what they are. Um, yeah, and I think that's the next step in culture because I think, like I said, like it is being so accepted now. We're having it in all sorts of accessibilities. Um, it, even in clothing, like I said, in music, it's all there. It's all there for us to take it to the next step. And, you know, maybe that is, like you said, the, the next step is for it to do well in box offices, do well in ma- American media. Because right now it's being absorbed as Japanese media, but we're not really taking it to the American and kind of evolving it. Um, part of that's the cultural differences. But as you said, I think. More people are getting used to it, and I think more people are going to want to pull that off. The question is, can somebody actually connect on that level, which is the key difference here. But, you know, I I think you are also seeing, like, different adaptations of, without even getting into anime culture, you're seeing different adaptations of other movies. You talked about the Creed movie earlier today. Like, technically, that's just a Rocky movie, but it's remade for a... um, I mean, let's be honest, it's made for a black group and it's technically it's made for everybody, but it's got more of a lean where it's like, you know, I think a black person who's grown up in this kind of like lifestyle can understand this more than I would be able to if I just sat down and watched it, which I still love that movie. But I mean, I will be openly accept that like I probably don't get it in the same way that somebody else who has had to go through their struggles would. So, yeah, I mean, I think that. Hopefully the future is bright for different types of adaptations. I mean, people are taking what they love and they're making them into different stories. And I, I want to see more stuff like this. Cool. But yeah, that was that was just our, I guess, our, our that views turned, on... That turned to us rambling. About no, I, I, th- I think it goes to show like how much there is to talk about in with anime and pop culture that is not just like, oh, anime itself is getting popular. Anime itself is getting popular, but it's also being appreciated and absorbed into other cultures, which allows it to grow. Uh, just like superheroes, just like sci-fi, just like fantasy has. And I think that's the next big thing. Um, so it'll be fun to see as, as as it grows and how we continue with it. So, yeah. I mean, now with all that out of the way, do you want to talk about abs? Abs. I love abs. You love abs. All Not right. really. I don't have any. I guess under all this nice plushiness, there might be Yeah, there's, there's one in there somewhere, I'm sure. Like... Two or three, yeah, something. <laughs> but yeah, no, weird. we can we can talk about the manga recommendation from last week, which is uh, the name of it. Bear with me here. Uh, <clears throat> let me get this right. A story about treating a female knight who has never been treated as a woman as a woman. <laughs> comma as a woman. You, well, you have to have that comma. Yeah, I had that pause. Very confusing. Treating a woman as, as a, a woman, woman. <laughs> because, as the title suggests, this is exactly what it is. So it is about. A female knight who happens to be the number one female knight in the area or the world or whatever, this world that we are reading into, and she is finally getting appreciated by a male companion in a womanly way because she's always been a knight. Yeah, she's always been a knight. She's got scars. She's got, she's like, she grew up at, she grew up in the night world. and, And so she's used to being treated like very strong, you know. Oh, she's scary because she's super strong and big and, like, muscly. And she finally finds a guy who's... Or rather, I think the guy finds her who's just like... Correct. I love all those things about you. So yeah. what made you pick this one? Um, honestly, at the time that I picked it, I was kind of, like, scrambling just for something to recommend. But I did... There was a period a few months back where this manga was super hot. Really? On Reddit. 
Um, people fucking love well, this. Well, it is over 100 chapters now, which surprises me. It's it's over, to be fair. It's, oh, it's finished. It's okay, finished. Okay. But 130 like, is what I think I Yeah. Know. But, I mean, the, the principle is pretty simple. I think it's like, it's like a lot of these manga where it's just like, what you're really in it for are the cute reactions. The wholesome and how, moments. And how ridiculous the whole thing is. Where yeah. it's just like, no, nah, of course he likes you. You're a fine person. It's just like... Well, yeah. it's funny because I don't, I don't think this one is as ridiculous as the other ones. Uh, but it, it is in the same vein of it being based off of wholesome moments. And the setting is just a different setting. Uh, yeah. This setting being a like a... They're in like a fantasy world and she's a... Com- like a, a knight who fights with a sword. She's she's got she's called the sacred sword as well. Yeah. Um, and her companion, male companion, is actually a healer. So he has magical abilities, and I'm like, she does too. I think she. I don't know if she ends up learning how to use them to her best abilities, but she does know how to use magic. She she knows how to use them. But yeah, I think going back to again to the key reason I picked this was just because like I was scrolling through my list and I was like. Looking for something that wasn't an easy guy, <laughs> and I was That's like, fair. "That that looks good." Sure, I appreciate let's go. it. We're all with that. Um, so, so yeah. um, so about the actual manga, I actually really enjoyed this. Like, uh, yeah. I I guess I'm just a sucker for wholesome moments, um, uh, which kind of brings me back to like Nagatoro, which you know. Okay, which you should know that they finally are going to. Oh yeah, you had release. to get this in. They there. are going to uh, start the second season, so I'm super hyped because I love that anime and uh, stories like this are. I'm, I'm glad you found a way to work that. In. Absolutely, um, stories like these are are cute and easily absorbable, and I think I think they're important because they're the ones that can be easily missed because they're not full of action, because they're not full of narrative per se. There is narrative, but it's not like. An overarching narrative, right? It's not yeah. like, where does the bad guy history tie into the good guy? No, that's not like that. It's just two people having a relationship, not in like a, maybe in a platonic way, maybe not in a platonic way, um, and just kind of how everyday scenarios work out. Yeah. And that's a very underappreciated uh, story in other media that I think anime and manga do well um, and allow people like me to watch it and appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, everything you said is basically what I liked about it. There's a little bit of comedy sprinkled in, right. sprinkled in, but really what you keep coming back for is, like, that's very wholesome. It's very calming. Like, it's one of those stories where you can kind of, even in a weird way, relate to the main character because it's just like, you know, um, you know, everybody wants to feel good, and sometimes you feel like, you know, I've been doing this for so long. Why would anybody care about that? So, yeah, it's kind of nice to be like, oh, yeah, there are people that are out there that care about you and think of you. Right, and it's way. not – they yeah. do a good job of at least the first 20 chapters I read. They do a good job of, like, showing ways to appreciate other people that aren't just in, like, maybe a romantic or sexual way, like – you know, even little things like, "Hey, I got you a gift for your birthday." Like that's yeah. endearing. That's that's cute because we all do that, and we can all relate to that. Like, oh, you know, if someone gave me a birthday gift, and you know, I wasn't expecting it, that makes makes me have good feelings. And to read that, it's kind of nice. Um, and that's another thing I did like about this is the characters relatable. They weren't out of this world with the way they were written because one, the night lady, she has obviously been bred. And born and bred as a knight, so she has no idea of how to be anything but a knight. So you right. can't you can't really blame her for being anti like girly. 
Yeah. Um, or just not girly at all. She's not against being girly. She just doesn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, he's just infatuated. He wants to support her, be there for her. And they draw, they write him in a good way to do that. He's, he's not just like overly like like sexualizing her. He's not, at least so far he hasn't. I mean, um, he likes her abs, but that's about that's it. That's fair, but that's yeah. good. To, that's good to appreciate. Like, yeah. you know, it's better than oh yeah, like your ass, which everyone's an ass man. Or yeah, there's no. a lot of ass man, but uh, he's an ab man, and that's cool. So yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was it was cute. It was endearing. I like the characters. It's drawn well. Um, I'm hoping there's more there's more action as it goes on because a little, a little bit, like yeah. they still work together. Like he is a healer and she is a fighter, so like they could go. Mm-hmm. They do go on adventures, but they don't. They have yet to really emphasize those adventures. Yeah. They really just emphasize on the cute moments after the adventures or maybe during the adventures. Um, but maybe they do get into a little bit more of a storyline with... Uh, yeah, I don't think it gets over the top. But no, I'm yeah, not saying... I was, think, maybe I think something that lasts longer than a chapter or two. Just like it's, It starts getting arcs, yeah. That's, that's okay, that's what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. I, I would like an arc. Like, it's cute to see all this, but like, if it's something that keeps me... like. Nagatoro, I'm sorry to go back to it, but the same thing. Like every day felt like something different, but then you had the the flu arc. Then you have the festival arc. Then you have the training arc. Like those little arcs, even if it's only two two weeks worth or two chapters worth, help me like really stay involved. Yeah, feel like you're invested in the characters and they're going somewhere. So No, I mean, yeah. I like this series overall. I mean it's cute, it's silly, and I think I thought it was a pretty present choice. Also, it helped that it was like the chapters are really short. So, like, I, I do uh, like that. I do like it when they're short. Um, and I would appreciate more like brevity sometimes. I mean, I, I do appreciate brevity. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's one. I mean, I guess uh, my next one for my recommendation for next week is not as brief, but I mean, it does share the wholesome adaptation. So. We're going to be talking about a anime that's coming out this year, uh, Komi-san. Well, we're, so, talking, we're going to be reading Komi-san, Komi-san yeah. alongside watching Komi-san. Yes, we'll be back, we'll be back with the, uh, the option of having both because, like you said, it is coming out. It just came out, actually, this season, the fall season. Uh, yeah. And it was a, I guess, from your, I guess you can tell us from the manga perspective, like it, it was hyped. It was, is, is it something that had a cult following for the longest time? I think very similar to the story about treating a da 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 female knight. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's a very wholesome kind of story. Um, okay. It's a character who's relatable. I mean, obviously her situation is much more ridiculous, I guess, in some ways where it's like, she can't communicate at all, but I mean, we've all had that Spoilers thing. Spoilers here, I gotta read it. <laughs> but we've all had that problem where it's like, we struggle to make friends, we struggle to find ways to talk to people, we struggle with anxiety, you know? Cool. And I think Komi-san's about, you know, making friends, you know, being, you know, and dealing with the fact that everybody's different in, in their own ways, and also kind of dealing with the fact that, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, just because you you might not be comfortable with something doesn't mean you shouldn't keep trying to do it. So I think there's a lot of admirable stuff to like about that. It's very cutesy. It's more like a normal manga. I think there are some shorter chapters, but for the most part, it's pretty strange. Standard twenty pages a chapter, but I think it's a it's a cute adaptation, and I think it's fun. The main reason I picked this one was more so because I kind of wanted to compare 
what Netflix does with the actual anime adaptation to what was seen in the manga. Because frankly, I think the manga has some of the most uh, beautiful transition scenes, if that makes any sense. Where, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's like scenes where it'll go from like a one-page shot to all of a sudden you open up the next page and there's like a beautiful two-page like of everything that's happening. So I think it, even though it is kind of a cutesy anime, it doesn't skimp on the art and it does a really good job of being story, a good story. And I would hope that the anime delivers in the same way, but we won't know. We'll, yeah, I mean, I we'll find out and you guys will find out too next next time whenever we have our uh, reviews for both because I think we'll start getting into the next season, right? It'll yeah. be fall season and we've got, looks like to be a pretty, uh, pretty packed uh, season. Gosh, I can't like... So you can't wait, stuff. or you so much stuff to keep track of. It's yes. ridiculous. Life is hard. Far away paladin. Yeah, being an adult is hard. That's true. Yeah, let's see. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. All right, I'll live for that. But yeah, man. Uh, but thanks, thanks for listening, you guys. Um, tune in next time. We'll have uh, some more fun stuff to talk about. Some fun anime, and we'll cover, like we said, Komi-san. Yeah. Yeah, shoot us an email at raleighanime at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, guys, y'all have a good rest of your week. Bye. You always say bye. Sayonara.